Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Kamish. We have two weeks left of the NFL regular season. Two weeks left. It's crunch time in the fourth quarter, metaphorically speaking. We don't have much football left to talk about. And so it's panic time for a lot of these teams that are this close to making the playoffs. They're making adjustments as we speak. The New York Jets have decided we're going to bench Zach Wilson for the remainder of the season. The Washington Commanders have decided we're going to bench Taylor Heineke for the remainder of the season. And it just so happens that the Las Vegas Raiders are going to bench Derek Carr for the remainder of the season. What does this all mean in the minds of fanatics and those that follow football on a daily basis? What it means to the commission is this. We have given up hope. We have given up hope on these quarterbacks to do us the job of going out there and win games and take us to the playoffs. We have given up hope on quarterbacks that we've invested money, lots of money in to go out there and do their job. It's getting to the point now where we understand what it means to be this close to the playoffs because we don't know if we're going to be this close again next year. It is so hard to determine from one season to the next who will be back, who will be gone. One thing is certain. There are a lot of coaches that are giving up on these quarterbacks. And, you know, it's it, it's pretty much the handwriting on the wall. And it's been the handwriting on the wall for some time that we are in need of quarterbacks, but we don't want to own up to it. We don't want to tell you that we need quarterbacks. We're just going to show you how much in need we are of a quarterback. Zach Wilson goes down. People rejoice for Mike White. Carson Wentz goes down. People rejoice for Taylor Heineke. Shout out to him. Derek Carr is going down. We're going to bring in Jared Stidham for the remainder of the season. What bothers the commission is that we know who the better quarterbacks are. We know. Why are we going to take the time out to think twice on who should be starting week 17 of the regular season? Especially if we're this close to making the playoffs. It's what you started with in the beginning of the season. So why should it change now? Why give up hope on a player that you invested highly in the beginning of the season? To where we now sit week 17 of the regular season to say that this quarterback has given us the best chances going to the playoffs the problem I have is that you really ruin the morale of the team and you've ruined whatever confidence these quarterbacks have had since the beginning of the season to do a job that you have paid for them to do and so now the time has come for them to go out there and show and prove and the coach says "Uh -uh. you're not the one now they probably didn't say that word for word they might not have said that in closed quarters, but we get the we get the hint. We we understand the, the, the sign language. We understand the reading that comes from these people's faces. We can read and see the expressions, the emotions coming from these football players that realize that their time might be up. Especially talking about a Carson Wentz. This man's auditioning for what could be his career. 
If he does not win these next two games for the Washington Commanders, do you think he'll have a job somewhere else next year? Derek Carr has done everything that he possibly could in midst of a number of coaches to get his team close to the playoffs, of which he did last year without a coach. But it's the fact that these coaches have decided that we are not going to win with these guys. Josh McDaniels has made it clear to the Raiders that we cannot move forward with Derek Carr that we could do a lot better without him. Indianapolis Colts went high, high on the price of Matt Ryan just to have him sit for the second time this season to put in somebody like Nick Foles into the lineup. Sam Ellinger into the lineup. This is the problem I have with football today. We don't have Peyton Manning out there. We don't have Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Steve Youngs. We don't have guys like that out there playing football anymore. We don't. We don't have that rich pedigree of quarterback talent out there that could take a team from worse to first to champions. You're not going to see another Tom Brady out there again. You're not going to see another Aaron Rodgers out there again. You're not going to see a lot of greats over the last five or ten years that could take their team to the height of perfection with Super Bowl wins. Patrick Mahomes may be the last of that type of quarterback, that pedigree of quarterback. Now, that's not to discount a lot of other quarterbacks that are playing well. It's just the fact that when you're talking about amazing quarterbacks, you're talking about exceptional quarterbacks. Those are the ones that come to mind. Not Derek Carr, not Carson Wentz, not Zach Wilson. And even though we invested a lot of money into these guys, we realize the talent wears thin. It is diluted from what they were in college to where they are in the pros. Let's face it, we are desperate for the next Peyton Manning. We are desperate for the next Tom Brady. We are desperate for the next John Montana, Joe Montana. We are desperate to find anybody that can take this team, be the leader that we need them to be, to go out there and win games. We just saw this past week the firing of Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett. Now, you know, the coach, was he really that good? The commission will tell you right now, yeah, he wasn't much of an improvement of Fangio, but we understand we had to get rid of him to find somebody else that could be better than Fangio. The problem is coaches come a dime a dozen too, but the best coaches you'll never get. You're willing to pay as much as you have to. You're willing to donate whatever blood you can to get a coach like a Nick Saban or a coach like a big Bill Belichick. A coach like Andy Reid on a team that you know, if you just had this guy, we can be winners. We could be contenders. We have a better shot at making the playoffs. But there lies the problem. A lot of these teams just won't have that. And to compensate for that, we'll pay mediocre quarterbacks and mediocre coaches a lot of money. Because in our minds, we feel like money is the biggest motivator to win. Money's the biggest motivator to get these guys to go out there and do their job. 
wrong. It really doesn't make a difference how much money you invest in a player or in a coach. Either they know how to play or they don't. Either they know how to coach or they can't. We can't force coaches to be good coaches or to be great coaches. They have to know that they're good coaches. They have to know they're great coaches. The irony is that you'll fire other coaches in what you think are bad coaches just to bring in another bad coach and let that man string along for years. Because in the back of your mind, you can't accept failure. The one thing a man cannot do is accept failure. We can't. Our egos won't allow it. And if you played football, you played in the NFL for years, the one thing you don't want to do is own up to your mistakes. The Jets are finding it hard to own up to the fact that we drafted Zach Wilson, number two overall, a few years ago. Even though this guy on the other side of the mic said it was a bad idea. You look at the Arizona Cardinals where they are. And they invested high in Kyler Murray. And this man is done for the season with a torn ACL. It won't get better for that team. Now, whether it's because of Kyler Murray or whether it's because of Cliff Kingsbury, the point is you cannot put mediocre players with mediocre coaches and expect greatness. You can't. It won't work. It hasn't worked. You think of any team in recent history, never mind the last 30 years of existence. Think of any team recently that had a mediocre coach and a mediocre quarterback and win it all. The one team that I can think of that fits that description where they basically had nothing to go on but still won a championship was only a few years ago with the Philadelphia Eagles. Think about who they won with. They didn't win with Carson Wentz. They didn't win with Miles Sanders. They didn't win with a big, strong back to run all through the hole. They had a number of backs. They had at least three backs they rotated. They didn't have Carson Wentz, who was supposed to be the uh, pro bowler for that team that year. Had an outstanding year before he tore his ACL. He didn't carry that team to the Super Bowl. It was Nick Foles. Ironically enough, Nick Foles, the guy that's starting for the Colts, won the MVP of that Super Bowl. Beat Tom Brady. But, of course, it wasn't Nick Foles that beat Tom Brady. It was that high-powered, high-octane Eagles defense that beat Tom Brady. The point is this. Whether you're trying to cut your losses now or if you're just trying to find a way just to win and get in, it's time to accept the fact that you don't know it all. And best to say that you don't even come close to knowing what it is you need to know to be winners or to be contenders, or to be in the playoffs. Now, see, I don't mind you sitting down Zach Wilson for the remainder of the season. I really don't mind you sitting down Derek Carr for the remainder of the season. I don't mind you sitting down Taylor Heineke for the remainder of the season, and Justin Fields, and anybody else that you feel needs to take a seat. Because what you're basically saying is, you are our future. 
The flip side to this coin is you could very well be the future of this team. We can't take a risk with you. Two weeks in, we don't want anything damaging happening to you where you got to miss the whole next season when we need you most. Lamar Jackson, listen up. If you feel as though you cannot go for the remainder of the season, do yourself a favor. Because right now you're not under contract. You're risking it all just to make a point that you could take this team to the Super Bowl, but you won't. The team is not ready for the Super Bowl yet. That team is not ready in the AFC yet. You still have to play the Steelers. You still have to play the Bengals. And there's no guarantee to either team. We know what's in store for the Baltimore Ravens because we've seen it all too many times before. Lamar Jackson, do yourself a favor. and Be very careful for the next few weeks. Whether you decide to play or not, it could mean your career in Baltimore. Carson Wentz, do yourself a favor. Go out there and take that team to the playoffs. That may be your last shot of being the quarterback for the Washington Commanders. Derek Carr, if you got to go, go, brother. Do yourself a favor because Coach McDaniels thinks low of you. He realizes that he could probably do better with somebody else in spite of all the accomplishments you made. But do yourself a favor. Even if you do come back during the summer, sit this out. Because it's just not worth being in a position where you have coaches that are indecisive and clueless and incompetent on how to handle these situations when it matters most. Let's face it. Sometimes these coaches just don't know how to coach. So says the commission. You have been listening to the Kneel Down podcast for a long time. We're this close to a new year. Coming up on the midnight hour. I just want to be the one to tell you. Happy New Year from the Kneel Down Podcast. Happy New Year's coming from the commission. We're going into a new year. Thank you, Lord. So much that we want to improve on, so much we want to do for ourselves. Do I have any resolutions? Probably not. Getting too old for resolutions. If there's one resolution I will have is to be healthier this coming year than I was last year. Because when it's all said and done, it's still about your health. It's not about the money. It's not about wealth. It's about your health. You cannot replace your health. I want to talk about two greats. One just recently passed. I wish I talked more about this person when I could have. But it slipped my mind for some reason. And then I find myself watching the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, the game between the Raiders and the Steelers on Saturday night. And that was supposed to be the night that they honor number 32, Mr. Franco Harris, who unfortunately, tragically lost his life just two days prior to his acknowledgement and honoring of number 32, retiring of his jersey. It's ironic that he would live as long as he did and not be able to be commemorated in a way that Pittsburgh, shout out to you guys in Pittsburgh, really wanted to open their arms to this man. Franco Harris, one of the best running backs of all time. 
If you ask Sports Illustrated right now, of the top 25 running backs of all time, we're talking about greats like Jim Brown, Earl Campbell, Tony Dorsett, Barry Sanders, Gail Sayers, Emmett Smith, Marcus Allen, O.J. Simpson, Sweetness himself, Walter Payton, you would find Franco Harris in that bunch. You ask anybody in the city of Pittsburgh, in the state of Pennsylvania, anywhere around the country, who was the great, one of the greats for the Pittsburgh Steelers? And collectively, unanimously, you would hear Franco. Franco Harris played 13 years in the NFL, 12 years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was drafted in the first round, 1972, out of Penn State. We are Penn State. His rookie year, he ran for over 1,000 yards. Only two other backs in history has ever done it, to my understanding. For his career, he rushed for over 12,000 yards. He has over 2,000 reception yards. He has 91 touchdowns. This man is amazing. Nine-time Pro Bowler, first time, or excuse me, first team All-Pro back in 1977. This man has won not one, not two, but four Super Bowl championships, all with the same team, and was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1990. Anybody that can whisper the man's name, Franco Harris, would know a little something about the man, whether you witness some of his greats, his great games, which he rushed for over a thousand yards, not once, not twice, but seven times in his career, maybe more, who knows? The man was unbelievable. The man was the perfect fit for that Pittsburgh Steelers team back in 1972 when he blended with the offense and moved that ball with the help of, of course, Terry Bradshaw and others, they won four Super Bowl championships in the 70s. They're one of the best teams of all time in existence in the NFL. And from what I can understand and what I saw in some of the documentaries of Franco Harris, well-loved man, gentle man, Blended in well there in the city of Pittsburgh. Did a lot for the organization. Did a lot for the team. This man is a person that even I, at one point, the commission himself, had to give props to. My late father decided to buy my first football jersey. And would you believe that first jersey was number 32 for the Steelers? No! I might not have been a Steelers fan, but I was truly a Franco Harris fan. Best believe, bar none, there was no other jersey on my back but number 32. Born in New Jersey, raised there in Pennsylvania. What can you say? He is a local hero. He's a man that if you were to talk about him today, you could probably think of some great times there with Pittsburgh. You may think of some sad times there with Pittsburgh. You never know. But one thing could be said about Franco Harris. He was amazing to watch. He was the catalyst of that offense. And he's one of the reasons why that Pittsburgh Steelers team was one of the best of all times. They didn't win championships till they had Franco Harris. Say what you want. 
How how far do you think that team would have gone without Franco Harris? Who's to say it even would have it would have won a championship? That just shows you the type of man that Franco was and the type of player he was in that time. Before any of those other guys I mentioned, Franco Harris was tearing it up in the 70s. Had an outstanding career with Pittsburgh. Had a year in Seattle, which, you know, that happened. But I'd be remiss if I didn't at least give a few minutes of my time to talk about Franco. I wish I was older to be able to watch more of this man play. But based on what I saw on TV and based on what I've read in books, outstanding man with an outstanding character, he will be missed no matter where you are. The terrible towels are still being swung around in recognition and honor of Mr. Franco Harris, who passed away this past week. Another person I want to talk about is still alive and well, but he's retiring from the NFL. Mr. J.J. Watt has decided this is it for me. This is, I can't stand no more of this. He didn't say this, but I got to believe he's thinking this. As long as he's been playing football for the last 11 years, this past season probably was his worst year. In spite of the accolades, in spite of the highlights, in spite of the numbers, I'll get to the numbers in a second. He probably said, this team is horrible. I left the Texans, of which the Texans went to the playoffs. To go to a team of which we only went to the playoffs once and didn't do much at all. That's not J.J. Watt's fault. Let's just call for it. The man is banged up. He's hurt. He's injured. You know, sore. He's probably not comfortable. He's had a brace on his right arm forever. You know, there's, there's things about J.J. Watt when you, when you think about the man himself and what he's been through, the pain, the injuries he's been through. It's amazing he even lasted 11 years. Given that he sacrifices his body on the defensive line to get the sacks and to, to tackle the players and whomever else that got the ball. It's the fact that he did that. When you think of Houston, you think of J.J. Watt. No disrespect to De, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. No disrespect to Deshaun Watson. No disrespect for none of those guys. But let's face it. You think of Houston Texans. You're thinking about J.J. Watt. You're thinking about the three-time NFL defensive player of the year. You're thinking about the five-time first-team All-Pro player. You're thinking about the second-time or two-time second-team All-Pro. You're thinking about the two-time NFL sack leader. You're thinking about the five-time Pro Bowler, J.J. Watt. And you're thinking about the 2010 All-Decade Team player in J.J. Watt. And he only played for 11 seasons. It's sad that even in 11 seasons, the man couldn't get a ring. I remember when Michael Strahan won his ring with the Giants. He said, this is it. I can imagine so. Why? Because you could tell with every year that passed, it got harder to play football. If you think about J.J. Watt right now, as great and as dominant as he was, it was getting harder for him to play football. And it had to be that much harder to play on the Cliff Kingsbury in that Arizona Cardinals team that looks like trash. You watch Hard Knocks. If you're not falling asleep trying to watch an episode of Hard Knocks, I don't know what to tell you. It's a shame because what you want to see are the greats get their due. As much as I hated the Knicks, I still wanted to see Patrick Ewing get a ring. <laughs> I still wanted to see Charles Barkley 
get a ring. Let's call it for what it is. The greats are great based off stats. But the greats are not going to be acknowledged as great because they don't have the rings to show for it. And I just ran down this man's whole resume. But what are we going to remember most about J.J. Watt? We're going to remember the fact that he was a three-time defensive player of the year. And I did leave out the fact that he was a Walter Payton player of the year. So these are things that even when you think about the greatness of a J.J. Watt, best believe J.J. Watt will be in the Hall of Fame, but what else can we say about him to say, you know, you didn't get a ring. You think about Dan Marino today. You think about how good of a quarterback he was. But, you know, he, he may not be in the best of all times because he just didn't get a ring. Sometimes the ring matters. And I think for J.J. Watt, he felt that way too. And for what he couldn't get in Houston, he thought he could get in Arizona with a new coach, new quarterback. But they gave him a raw deal. If I could have told J.J. Watt before he signed the papers to go to Arizona, I would have told him, don't do it. Take yourself on a team that you know has a better chance of winning a championship. Who's to say if J.J. Watt went to Green Bay, if we're talking about him winning a ring with Aaron Rodgers? It makes you wonder. But J.J. had enough. Just got married. Just had a child. He said, I'd rather spend time with my child than spend another year with these guys. And it's not to... It's not to knock the guys that he's on the team with. It was just to knock the organization, knock the coaching staff, knock the executive board for putting this wild team together. Can't do squat. Got all the talent in the world, but can't win. Was predicted to go high into the playoffs this year. Did absolutely nothing. Whether that was because of Kyle Murray's shortcomings, performance, on the football field or not. I think it's just the fact that Arizona is just not a good team. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. They gave so much money to these people to run a crappy organization. It's a shame that people like them still have jobs and is wasting that much money on mediocrity. There's no reason why Steve Kime should still be the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. And with all due respect to Cliff Kingsbury, he sh definitely should not be a coach for that team. But because of that, J.J. Watt said, it is time for me to go. And you know what, J.J. Watt, if you're listening right now, I don't blame you, brother. Walk off into the sunset. Become the family man that I know you would want to be. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. A lot more to talk about, best believe, when it comes to football. I mentioned the fact that they got rid of Nathaniel Hackett, coach for the Broncos. I have no empathy for that man or for the organization at that. After what you did to that Vance Joseph, what you did to Vance Joseph so many years ago has now come back to bite you. Karma is a you-know-what. You got rid of Vance Joseph after one season with that team, and you really thought that you could have hired two other coaches to do the same job, and they failed. So how does that make you look now, John Elway? How does that make you look, Denver? 
that you didn't invest more time in Vance Johnson who could take in your far, Vance Joseph, excuse me, Vance Joseph that could have taken your far. And you invest your time in Vic Fangio and Nathaniel Hackett just to come up short again. That you traded away the world just to get Russell Wilson. And that team can't win a game. Now, whether you want to blame Russell or not, that's fine. I got to believe it doesn't all sit on Russell's shoulders for what they did wrong this past season. But we got to do better finding a better coach. Sometimes the name is just that. Sometimes the reputation means a lot more than just the name. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I want to thank all those who have been listening to the show. It means that much to me. I'm going to get ready to wrap it up because I'm getting tired. But you know, I'm getting ready to celebrate a new year, just like I think everybody else listening to the sound of my voice will do. And I do hope and pray that this time in the days and weeks to come, that you will follow more of the commission, the Kneel Down podcast. Perhaps that'll be your resolution moving forward to listen more to my episode. Please do. Please feel free to listen and subscribe when you can, because I'm going to give you some more dirt. I'm going to give you some more attitude. I'm going to give you something more to listen to. And it won't be fluff. As I always say, it's not fluff. This is the real. This is coming off the dome of the commission. We'll do it all again next year around this time. Thank you guys again. Thank you gals again for listening. I'll end it as I normally do by saying peace. And love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. Happy New Year again. I'm out.